episode 329, Hellstrom, the entire series in one episode. Welcome to Level 7, a podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Welcome to Level 7. My name's Ben, Ben Avery, and I'm here with the amazing, astounding, the uh, uh, astonishing, uh, trying to think of one more A. I can't, but it's Samantha. She's here. (laughs) (laughs) That is quite an introduction. The amazing, (laughs) astounding... uh, Agent, there's there's the the third one. There you go. Another agent. <laughs> um, hey Samantha, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. Doing good. Uh, it's been a little while since you and I have spoken uh, on the podcast because, well, it's been a little while since we did a regular episode about something, which that would have been, yeah, beginning of October. We did our Shield episode, but uh, you weren't here for the news episode, unfortunately, and I apologize about the timing on that there was a lot of stuff to talk about that was a long episode (laughs) well i understand why you and and stewart went on without me because if we hadn't it we would have had it had to wait more than a week to record that episode so right right and also was paving the way for getting into this other stuff we're doing i wanted to get that one out of the way and then hellstrom was gonna be the next thing we did and so that's what we're here doing hellstrom and we had wondered how is this going to happen? What are they going to do when Hellstrom comes? Were they going to do an episode a week or were they going to drop them all at the same time? And guess what they did? <laughs> they dropped them all at the same time. So then the question was, how do we cover it? Do we do chunks of episodes, single episodes? And I started watching it. And the question was coming up, is it even MCU? And so we ended up deciding to just go with one episode about the whole thing. We may come back to it uh, if Stuart finishes it and wants to really wants to do something with it. Might be a post credit thing or it might be another episode where we revisit Hellstrom. I don't know. But here we are recovering episodes one through 10 of Hellstrom. And yeah, and Samantha, you weren't, I wasn't planning on having you uh, do this either because I'm like, I'm going to binge this. Because it's Hellstrom, 70s Marvel horror comic book. It's me. And then you just watched the whole series like three times. No, not three times. <laughs> um, what happened was I had my annual checkup at the doctor, and the doctor gave me the um, Tdap, the uh, booster um, vaccine. And um, boy, did that make me exhausted. So I had plenty of time in front of the TV. <laughs> So while so, I was recovering from that, <laughs> it's been a little bit more than a week uh, since it dropped. Um, but we both dro- uh, watched it pretty quickly, and and for me, it was because I was just, yeah, man. I started. I mean, it really was like a binge kind of situation where I'm just like, I'm going to eat this up, man. I, I've, oh man, I'm just, I'm just going, I'm going, I'm going. Um, in the middle, I felt a little bloated. Uh, I felt like, I don't know if I should keep going. I don't know. I'm not feeling too good about this. 
Uh, we'll talk about what I mean by that. But then at the end, it kind of picked up. Um, with one of the things we didn't talk about ahead of time, though, uh, Samantha, is should we do a spoiler free and then spoiler? Like treat this like a 10 hour movie? Uh, play the spoiler organ even? I, um, you know, I love the spoiler organ. Uh, <laughs> we we can't talk about the series and really talk about it without talking about the end of the series. Like we can't talk mm. about things without getting into spoilers. So that's true. Cause I have a note about something that happened in episode two. Um, I only watched, watched it one time in a third. Cause you know, I watched some episodes today. Um, which is why and I was teasing you about watching it four times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, because um, Anna says something in episode two that, and, and just that later happens in the series. So I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, mm. let's, let's do a brief spoiler free right now and just kind of give okay. our general impressions. And also we can kind of talk about um, our general recommendation for this this show because the other thing that that came up and another reason why we're just doing this in one episode is when i posted to social media uh on facebook um in fact i'll try and bring that up right now uh our response to my post was i was asking for help i was kind of saying hey uh we're gonna do this we're gonna talk about hellstrom but how would you like us to cover it and so the answer to this question came from a handful of people. Let's see here. We've got um, Agent Julie said, I've watched one episode so far. I will listen to whatever you decide to do. Because I was asking, um, how interested are you in the show? Would you be happy with a full episode by episode coverage? Which was our plan if Hulu did a weekly release. If they had done a weekly release, that's what we'd be doing for the next 10 weeks. Every week we would have an episode, uh, a, a different episode music uh, like like we do for the different series, um, it would have been its own thing for ten weeks, and, and we would have done that for sure. But then I asked, would you be more interested in a more compressed coverage, one episode for the entire series, two episodes coverage, five episodes each, something like that? Answers were: Agent Julie said that. Um, Agent Michael said, "I've never heard of it, but if it is to be covered, I'll watch it." <laughs> so there's that. Um, Agent Hank said, "I don't have Hulu." And likely will not get it, so I won't be able to watch anything on the service. That said, if you guys cover it, I will listen. Um, Agent Scott said, never heard of it. And then he said, do what's most fun for you. And then Agent Dylan said, not very interested. Would be happier with Compressed. After all, you still have Runaways and Netflix. Um, and actually, Del uh, Dylan's answer is a little bit also why we're just doing one episode. The next episode is going to be Punisher. That's We just know that. Um <laughs> so anyway, people aren't exactly interested. And so we'll do a spoiler free time right now and talk about should you watch it? Why should you watch it? Why would you maybe not want to? Um, and so I put it to you, Samantha, and you can kick it back at me if you need to think about your answer a little bit more. But I put it to you. Um, how'd you like Hellstrom? Just broad strokes. I liked it more than I thought I would. Um, it reminded me a lot of the X-Files. Actually, I think they um, they pretty much based the relationship between um, Damien and the nun Gabby um, on the Mulder and Scully type relationship. Um, but I had a few issues with that. But, I mean, it, it had a similar feel. It, it um, And I'm a huge X-Files fan. I still love it. Um, 
as a matter of fact, um, Stuart was talking about binge watching the entire series. And I'm like, okay, good luck. We'll see you in March. Um, Cause it takes so long to watch that series since it's like, I think they're up to like, Oh, 13, 14, 15 seasons now. Well, what was um, it? 10? And oh no, did, it's more than 10. Well, then they did the two um, revival series. Right. So I think it's 12, uh, 12 seasons. It's more than 10. I think I could be wrong, but it's it just, it's a lot. But yeah, <laughs> it's a plus lot. Plus two and, movies. Um, plus two movies. And um, I've, yeah. And yeah. But anyways, it had a very similar feel. Um, like it, it also reminded me a little bit of the show Angel. Um, uh, a lot of those sort of, um, I'm pretty sure some people could even uh, compare it to the series Lucifer, which I have not seen. And I've been told you should wa- watch it. And I, I'm like, I have so much to watch for the podcast. And um, not that I don't enjoy the stuff on the podcast, um, <laughs> uh, but you know, um, well, I'm just glad to hear you enjoyed this. I did. Um, like, and that, I am, that, I'm that, sad that we're limited to one season now, which we'll talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause that was my worry. Like, as I'm thinking, okay, if we're going to do this, let's get it done before Halloween. Let's get it done for this week and let's get this thing out there and then we can move on and do the stuff we were wanting to do. And so I really didn't want to push you and Stuart to like jump in because I'm just thinking, you know, there's a very real possibility that this might be 10 episodes of meh Uh, because that is a lot. I think I just summed up a lot of the reviews of this series is, is meh. And I think it was uh, agent 084 wrote in and said his review was one sentence. Very, very short. Um, It was better than in humans like that one. It's much better than Inhumans. Um, not quite the Netflix series, but it's much better than Inhumans. It's much. and it's very it's very different than anything else that's out there. There is, of course, the question of is MCU, which we have to address. Um, and honestly, I don't know if we. The answer to that is complicated, and and it's because the uh, the showrunner complicated things for us, uh, which which we'll get to. But I did enjoy it. Um, but as I was watching it, there was just a lot of things where I was just like, man, it could be better. It could be better. I can't I can't see myself recommending this very much. I, I I'm not even sure who would want to see this this show. Um again, there's the MCU question, there's the tone question. There's some good cinematography, but then there's also some bad cinematography in this. And and there's some things that the characters do where I'm just like, I why are you doing that? I I'm not following. And yeah. So I was very excited about it when it dropped on my birthday. And, and as I'm watching it, I'm like, oh, this almost feels like, you know, my, my kid drew a picture and it's not the greatest in the world, but I'm going to put it up on the fridge anyway, because it was my kid gave it to me, you know, and the same kind of thing. I don't think I'll watch this again, but if I do, it is because it it digs into that 70s horror vibe from the, the comics. It digs into, like you said, the X-Files vibe. There's, there's definitely an X-Files vibe there. Um, I was also reminded a little bit of Swamp Thing for more than one reason. But Swamp Thing, the, the new series, and this both cut short before they had a really a chance to um, capitalize on what they were actually trying to do. Uh this was supposed to be the first step in a Hulu Marvel horror kind of 
thing that was going to be reminiscent of the Defenders. Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, Luke Cage, each get their own series, and then we bring them together. And this was going to do a similar thing with Hellstrom and with uh, Ghost Rider, and then they were going to be brought together, you know, in some sort of crossover thing. Um, then you watch this, and you're like, this is really super standalone. So that's what's going for it. It's standalone. It has a different vibe. Um, but what's going against it is this is a canceled TV show. <laughs> this is season one, and they canceled it. And I don't think they knew that they weren't doing more than one season when they were doing post-production on this. Because yeah. I, I'm, I, I'm not going to spoil this, what it actually is, because we need to talk about it. But it ends on a cliffhanger. That said, the cliffhanger is only like the last three minutes of the show. And if you stop before that cliffhanger, you actually get a pretty good ending. And it's very much then a self-contained 10-hour movie almost um, with themes that go from beginning to end. Yeah. Um, actually, I think the only entirely self-contained thing in this series is that you see the word Roxanne on the side of a tanker truck. Spoiler, yeah, that's, but, that's the yeah. that's the MCU connection. <laughs> and, yeah. Or um, question mark. Yeah. MCU connect, connection question mark. Uh, even then. Um, but that's the only connection outside of that. And actually, this might inform someone's decision about whether they want to watch this or not. Uh, the showrunner. This will not spoil anything because he doesn't talk about plot stuff. But the showrunner himself said, no, it's not MCU. He did an interview with some guy on YouTube. I watched the interview, at least the part where they're talking about the MCU. He says it was not connected to the MCU. And it was very freeing for them to be able to do this show and not worry about the MCU. I don't know how much of that is him doing damage control after the fact. Because... (sighs) They promoted this show from the beginning that it was MCU. They were bringing in the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. actor who played Ghost Rider to do a Ghost Rider series. Now, the Ghost Rider series was canceled before they had a chance to do anything with it. All of this stuff they had planned, uh, anything that was in production or finished production was going to get finished. But when the power about for, for the MCU television side went back to Kevin to Kev dog all of the TV stuff that had been under Perlmutter and under Jeff Loeb all of that stuff was halted completely so that also means the uh, Hulu series The Offenders <laughs> which was the the Modoc Howard the Duck She-Hulk and I can't remember the fourth series, but there were going to be four different animated series and they were going to have their whole seasons each. And then they were coming together for like a two episode or a four episode, whatever it was, um, series called the offenders instead of the defenders. And, um, very, you know, I, I like the idea. However, the only thing we're going to get is Modoc. That's that's mm-hmm. all we're going to get from that. And I and that's a stop motion kind of things in, in the vein of uh, Robot Chicken. And okay. looks funny. We'll have we'll definitely talk about it. It's going to be on Hulu. Um, I don't know if we'll do a post credit or give it its own episode, but we'll talk about it when it when it comes. But getting Hellstrom out there, they did remove Marvel from the uh, logo. There was no Marvel title screen 
showing up uh, as as the episode plays out and you get the credits and stuff. There's definitely a separation happening here. But this show, I think, was originally conceived, created, potentially even into post-production as an MCU thing. That's my take. And, and it's damage control to say it's not. But like you said, Samantha, rocks on. Rocks on, rocks off. That's all they had on the <laughs> um in the show that that lined up with MCU. So that might be something that might you might say to yourself, okay, not MCU, don't even care, not gonna worry about it. Or you might say, oh, self-contained horror, 10 episodes. And if I stop before I get to that post-credit, <laughs> it's not a post-credit, but I stop before I get to that cliffhanger. There's actually a story arc going on there. It might be your thing. I'm wondering if um, there was a disagreement or something and some producer had a disagreement with KevDog or if um, uh, or maybe it came from the higher ups that from from Disney that they just decided that they're not going to do all these extra series because they also uh, canceled. I think the time when they canceled these series, they also canceled a couple of the MCU shows that would have been on Disney Plus. Am I wrong? Um. Yes and no. So. Uh, so I'm I'm wondering. I I, I don't know if because I know some series have been axed because of disagreements between the producers and the studios, but I've also it may have also just been a budget concern for the studio too to so, just not continue with these series yeah i think one of the things about the series was to discontinue because of the the tone and the mcu is a pg-13 universe yeah and hellstrom is definitely r-rated it is it is yeah um now it's r-rated for language and it's r-rated for violence um there is one um one sex scene that is in there and it's really pretty tame, especially if you're comparing to like Netflix stuff. Yeah. Um, but the nature of the scene, um, there is a it's, dynamic to it that makes it very disturbing. Yeah. And, and we'll, um, we might talk about it when we get past the spoiler organ, but. And it's a very quick too, very, just a few seconds really. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, but, yeah. but most of the time when that TVMA showed up, it's it said just V or V and L, or just L. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's broad strokes. Um, I'll just jump into a little bit of background for the the show itself from the comic book side of things, and then we can get into the the spoiler stuff. But um, Hellstrom is based on a comic book called Son of Satan. Um, Damon, the character Damon here is um, a character who in the comics uh, wears pants and a cape with a giant collar and has a trident and a pentagram on his chest. And his sister is Satana, the daughter of Satan. And so that's what you have going on here. And they MCU them by making them Anna and Damon. And um, that's how they, they MCU these characters. We'll talk more about the specifics there, but... Just be aware that um, this gets into a lot of religious themes and ideas, some of which I felt a little bit of a cringe and some of which I felt like, 
wow, that's really interesting that they went there and and were so respectful of, of it. Um, yeah, so be aware of that as well. I, I don't know, Samantha, is there anything else you can think of that we should tell someone who hasn't seen the show, who's thinking mm-hmm. about seeing it? Goodness. Everything I'm thinking of is spoiler. So, All right. All right. Well, yeah. we've covered it then. So we will uh, play the spoiler organ right now. And after we play the spoiler organ, we will – anything's fair game. And I doubt that we're going to talk too much about anything – MCU because I mean let's face it there's nothing to do with a snap in this Doctor Strange does not show up for a cameo when they're doing magical things there is not even like the visual reference like we had with Ghost Rider when with Ghost Rider's arc it was clearly they were drawing on the visual influence from Doctor Strange to do some of the stuff not here not at all there aren't even Ghost Rider uh, references there was a trailer that came out before the series that made it sound like they're going to be talking not just about Ghost Rider. They're gonna, they might even talk to Ghost Rider. Like they're talking about, we got to break the chains and they show these like flaming chains. And it's like, whoa, okay. Clearly this was going to be a self-contained, you know, pocket of the universe where you get to see Ghost Rider and all these different, um, nope, just in the trailer. <laughs> it's, it's not there in any of the other stuff. So, all right. Let's play the spoiler organ, though, and then we will talk about it. Spoilers. 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 All right, Samantha, anything is game. You can talk about anything you want for Hellstrom now. Here's my big question for you. Um, so how do the characters differ in the TV series versus the comic books? A lot. <laughs> That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. No, the comic books are really superhero stuff, you know? And some of it is about them, you know, trying to... Okay, so broad strokes. You might This might sound very familiar. There is an awful father who is very evil that they want to separate themselves from because they do not like him. And they don't want to be like him. So broad strokes, it's there. And this is very much a very grounded MCUing. So Doctor Strange, they kind of MCU things by kind of pulling back a little bit on some of just the outlandish magic stuff that Doctor Strange does. And they kind of give it this almost scientific basis, you know, like uh, Asgard has a scientific realm, you know, and it's it's magic because it's science we don't understand. And here it's okay. They come close to MCUing his costume because he has that thing that was cut into his chest by his dad. And at the end, um, when she gets him with that knife and it burns through his chest and it opens up a hole in his shirt, mm-hmm. that kind of gets there a little bit with like <laughs> we're MCUing the costume here. Um, uh, so. It's very, very different. And this is not something like where I'm just like, oh, man, I'm totally reminded of the comics. No, it's also not a character I've really dug into very deeply. I've read only a a small handful of comics um, featuring him. So it's there might have been some stuff I missed. But in in his first few appearances, um, he actually has like a magical chariot that he uses to 
to get around. Like oh, this wow. flaming chariot. Like, and so there is uh, here and there, like with some of the relics and stuff, you can kind of see, um, I believe I saw like a chariot in the background. But <laughs> yeah, it's clearly a very, very different thing. It's very, he's very flamboyant and very much of the, uh, you know, the kind of the glam rock of evil, you know, like with. Ah, so a little Rocky Horror. A little, a little bit. A New little York bit. Dolls. Yeah. Okay. So imagine Rocky Horror and Kiss mixed with Superman and you kind of get an idea. You know, it's ah. it's four color Rocky Horror. Okay. So nothing like this series. No, no. Because this series yeah. is just dark. It's just muted colors all over the place. Um, it's almost a relief when you finally have a day scene where it's like, oh, <laughs> I see a blue sky, blue sky. Um, and it's very obviously a... a an artistic choice on their part. Um, but it does make it hard to see s- somewhat what's going on there. Um, but yeah, it, the other thing though, they kind of moved away from it toward the end. It, at the end, you're more exorcist, but in the middle, there's some kind of, um, you know, John Carpenter's the thing kind of stuff going on. Yeah. Body horror kind of things yeah. that, that goes away at the end, which I was, I'm just curious why they, they decided to just make it be, possessed humans instead of the the monster that opens up you know and and does gory things um but you know that's to their credit i guess you know trying to get into the different kinds of horror like x-files did you know x-files would do here's a ufo here's a werewolf here's a vampire here's another ufo here's a thing that could be a, a werewolf but it's actually a ufo or whatever it might be they did bounce around play with style play with um genre yeah yeah and yeah. hellstrom doesn't play nearly as much with that but um yeah the go ahead i think with the series you really have to earn playing around with genre and style uh it takes time and it takes it takes talent to do that um and i don't it, hellstrom with this one series 10 episode run it's nowhere near earning that kind of status Unless they actually just jumped right into it from the beginning and just said yeah. like and just dove into it and said this episode, first episode is this, second episode is this. Like if that's what their choice was, then then yeah. But they they chose to go with a straight tone for the entire thing. And they and they don't do a whole lot of jumping around with point of view or anything like that either. Like you're spending most of your time with the main characters. Um and which includes uh not just them, but includes Yen, who is uh Anna's assistant and Anna's assistant helps her with her um uh oh what is her she job selling? yeah she, she, selling uh antiquities uh yes. helps her with that job but then also helps her with her job as a serial killer who kills bad people because she can tell when she touches you um some of your bad stuff that you've done and so if you meet her in a bar and you're some sort of murderer, stay away from her because she is going to kill you. And so that's where she's is, trying to hold at bay her father's influence. By Yeah, I think that's also uh, influenced by, uh, gosh, what's that H- HBO series about the serial killer who kills serial, serial killers? Yeah, Dexter. Yeah. 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 And then there's also a little bit of dead zone in there, you know, with her yeah. being able to touch people and um, – there's a whole lot of stuff that's that's in this. The good thing is, as we're talking about things that it's similar to, I don't feel like they're referencing those things. Um, 
I feel like they're trying to work through like how do we make this comic book into this into a compelling modern you know 2020 drama kind of thing. Right. So, yeah. Um, yeah. There, so I do have to give props to the actress who played Anna because I thought she did a fantastic job. Um, what was interesting about her is her body shape made for some really cool angles and shadows. Yeah. Um, cause she just has these lanky arms and legs. I'm not sure how tall she actually is, but when she comes on the screen the first time, she is like a, when I say giant, I don't mean like, like you picture it's kind of bulky, tall thing. Um, when I say giant, I mean, she is this towering, I think towering is the, is the best word to, yes. to describe it. Uh, they bring her in and she just towers over the scene. And what's interesting is she comes in with such confidence in the beginning by the end, because of her arc, um, she's lost some of that confidence. And I think she's lost some of that confidence because she actually cares about people because when it starts, I wouldn't she, say she confidence. Doesn't. It's more of a, she lost the chip on her shoulder. Well, yeah, but that's what I'm saying is at the beginning, she, she doesn't have anything to lose. She doesn't care. All she wants to do is kill people. She knows she shouldn't. And so she's going to kill the right people, people who deserve to die. Um, but by um, the end, she's not this towering, um, prideful thing. She's, yeah, she's not a towering lady in stiletto, six inch stilettos, which, you know, props to any woman who can do that. Cause I cert- certainly cannot. Um, um, I know I can't. Um, We've had this conversation yeah. before. <laughs> and there's a scene earlier on in the series where she's standing next to Yen and she is just her shoulder. He doesn't even not even reach her shoulders. He's she's so much taller than him. Um, she was actually one of my problems, though. And really? Yeah. Yeah. It's not anything about her skill or anything as an actress. Uh, this really comes down to and it's not just her, but it comes down to characterization. I had a hard time latching onto someone that I liked. Uh, Damon, I kind of liked. Uh, Gabrielle, I liked quite a bit, actually. Um, she was a really compelling, compelling character. Unfortunately, they end the series in a place where her story arc is not great. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but, I mean, all of these characters have all these secrets, you know? And then there is a lot. As much as I'm saying the things we're talking about that they're doing that are similar to other things and they're not, but they're not doing, they're not doing it referentially. Um, there's a lot of cliche in this show. I mean, they're straight down to um, rats. I can't remember her name. Um, but the, the nun who took in Damon. Oh, I think her name was Louise. Louise. Yeah. I'll look yeah. Up. Yeah. <laughs> How many episodes do we have? I think there were three different scenes where she starts coughing, coughs blood into her hand, looks at it and says, uh, I'll be right back and has to leave because she doesn't want anyone to see she's coughing blood into her hand. And so, oh, yeah, we know she's got health problems, you know, and um, it turns out she this this does get into the one of the themes we're going to talk about at the end, but she doesn't want anyone to know she's got cancer and which. It's interesting that you talk about tropes um, because in the second scene, they lampshade tropes. Yes. Wonderfully, um, though, I might say. Yeah, I loved that scene. I mean, I watched that and I'm like, oh, OK, that has my attention. Uh, yeah, that was fantastic because as a starting, I'm just feeling like, yeah, I'm going along with it because it's a trope. 
no problem. And then it's the little kid who is pretending to be possessed, like to the point where he memorized Latin so that he can like try and he's written things in feces all over his room and he's done all these things. This guy needs help. This kid, as much as, as clever as he is doing what he's doing, the kid needs some, some real help if he's, if he's crying out for attention, um, in this way, (laughs) but, but yeah, the way whole family needed help. (laughs) Absolutely. But that's, that's why Gabriella was there. And honestly, a series following them in more of an X-Files kind of adventure kind of thing where it's a different problem that they have to solve every episode. Um, I wouldn't have a problem with that. I, I think that might might have even been maybe not a better way to go. If it had been on network television, that might have been the way that they would have gone, though. Yeah. And then have this kind of background arc going on. Uh, but in this, the background arc is foreground and the other stuff is is background. Uh, they also do the scene where um, from uh, Signs where the Mel Gibson's wife in Signs was hit by a car. She's pinned against a tree. If they move the car, her guts will fall out and she'll die. Yeah. <laughs> and they did that scene, which I couldn't believe that they did that scene. But they did that scene. Um, yeah, but the Signs version was much more tear-jerking and this was just – Kind of horrific. Um, there was some emotion to it, though. Do yeah. not get me wrong. Especially once the, the, the demon was gone. And he's just like, just tell my kids I love them. You know, like, we don't, we, you know, we're not going to bring them over here. Because this is a really awful thing to see. But um, there was a, they did a very good job of portraying the cost of what the demons were doing. They were destroying lives. And when they would leave, they left behind a path of destruction. And, um, oh, okay. So now I can't remember Anna's, um, Anna's caretaker. Oh, that's what his name, caretaker. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) A couple times he has referred to as Henry, but uh, outside of that, he's referred to as either taker or caretaker. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) um he actually says at one point uh something that comes straight from the gospels where he says when when these demons leave they go and they they go around and they and they travel and they they look for someplace else for to be housed you know and um but that's what they do like they they can go in and out of someone's life and when they leave they just leave this um this wake of destruction like there's a kid who comes to damon who he was used to kill a whole bunch of his friends and now he's looking for help. And Damon's like, I'm, I can't help you. I can't help you. And so there's, there's some interesting things going on here and there's some really interesting thematic things that I want to talk to uh, going on here, but um, let's go through the characters. So we talked about Anna. You have anything else to talk about with Anna? Um. Oh, um, in the second episode, um, when Damon and uh, Anna meet in the um, in the little cafe or mm-hmm. cafe, um, the little restaurant. Um, and and he talks her into ordering um, bis- like biscuits and gravy or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, she makes a joke about um, you know that they could cure mom by killing mom, 
And then towards the end of the series, she does exactly that and it works. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Because Damon was he has the power to like actually exercise demons uh through touch and through um just his own powers. They both have superpowers. And but he never did try that. He he never did go so far as to kill her enough that she's dead. So the thing inside her wants to leave because the body's going to die and then bring the body back, which works when she does it. <laughs> that's, that's funny though. Um, yeah, I like her arc though. I like where she ends up, where she cares. She is learning to, I think learning to forgive her family. Um, Man, I don't want to get too far into the themes, but I really think we need to dive into what this this show is about. This show is about a family dealing with abuse. Yes. This show yeah. is about a family torn apart by this abuse. And this is not it's a it's a supernatural fantasy version of things I've seen in real life. Of families who did not know that abuse was happening. Or were not willing to admit that abuse was happening. And and so it just tears them apart when it finally comes out. And you have children who say, why didn't you stop this? And you have children who have anger and bitterness toward the other parent who was not abusive. And you have, uh, in, in this case, then this abusive father... Um, is perpetuating the cycle of abuse where he is, they have a legacy. They have a legacy of this evil thing in their father and they have their father's traits. And now they're trying to uh, fight against that legacy and they're trying to um, be better than their legacy. And they're trying to fight this. But then the other thing is happening is they're all going it alone. They're not helping each other. They're not looking to each other for help. And they're also not forgiving each other. And there's a scene at the very end where um, Gabriella is saying the Lord's Prayer. And as she's saying this, you know, it's, of course, and deliver us from temptation, blah, 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 blah. But part of the Lord's Prayer is, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And that's a huge part of the Christian faith is that what Jesus did on the cross, he did so that we could have our sins forgiven, um, take the punishment for us. But we can't just stop there because we've been given this gift of forgiveness. We need to also give the gift of forgiveness. And that's what that prayer is actually kind of, when, when Jesus said that, that's what he's, he's referencing is you have to forgive people. I'm giving you this gift of forgiveness, but you better not just say it's just for you. And and that's something that, man, if people actually did forgive each other, we'd be in a different place right now. But um, when she says that, it cuts to a scene of these two together. And, and I just feel like, you know, they don't actually say I'm forgiving you, but you see this healing and mending of relationships of mother, son, and daughter. They've been torn apart by this man who presented himself to the mother as someone he wasn't. He did evil things. 
he kidnapped Anna to make her kind of take on his his evil ways. Um, and she felt abandoned. And afterward, uh, she felt like it was um, Damon had abandoned her and mom had abandoned her. And even though they both they couldn't stop the dad, you know, and, and so finally they're communicating with each other and finally they're working with each other. And finally you have that scene of the brother and sister standing on the side of the river and putting their arms around each other and, and actually saying the words, I love you. You know, it's just, there's some really great stuff going on here. Unfortunately, it's in the middle of this show that's caught (laughs) in um, real world issues of pandemic and changing of power within uh, Disney and and the and the the Marvel Television side of things, um, and it's a kind of for some of those episodes in the middle a slog to get through. There yeah. is a payoff at the end, and I'm glad I watched it. I'm, I'm I don't hate it by any means, um, but to get from the character arc where they start at the beginning to the end. You're also having to slog through some middle episodes where it's just kind of, ah, oh, okay. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I feel like I've um, been really going on. So go ahead, Samantha. Yeah. I was going to say that, um, yeah, um, having been in an abusive relationship before and I was reminded some of it about, you know, what my own experiences from healing from from that was like, um, because when you're in an abusive relationship, you don't always recognize that you're in it until you're out of it. Um, but I was also strongly reminded of the podcast called happy face. And it's a, and it's about the daughter of the happy face killer and how she's dealing with the fact that her father was a serial killer and what her childhood was like. And, um, there were moments where, his true darkness had shown through and had deeply hurt his own kids. Um, even to the point where from what I heard on the podcast, it, her relationship with her father growing up basically destroyed her marriage later on in life. Um, and she has this odd relationship with her ex-husband where they're kind of sort of still devoted to each other, but she can't handle being in a, in a marriage and it's sad. Um, um, and I think part of the, the reason that they had this podcast was to help her trying to work through all these issues that she had with her father. Um, and it's just gut wrenching in some points. Um, and she's just, and it, so when watching this series, I, I thought a lot about that, um, that there are, are real world instances, um, that this series reflects upon, um. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. and it just your actions, no matter what they are, your actions have ramifications that go far beyond what you think they're going to be. Small acts of kindness can change someone's trajectory of life, and small acts of of meanness, I guess, for lack of a better term, um, can can do something similar. You know, you can. You can change someone's whole day with just a smile. Now, if you're wearing your mask, it's a little harder to do that. You have to smile with your eyes. But yep. <laughs> um, but you can change someone's hour, change someone's day, change someone's year 
by just small actions. And and then you have these kind of actions we're talking about of physical violence, of psychological violence, of sexual violence. Um, these things even more so, you know, like they, they stick. And, um, you know, I was not the, the, the victim of violence as a child other than from bullying. Uh, although let's just go with, with bullying. Um, those things stuck with me, you know, oh, and, bullying's enough, you know, bullying and, can be enough. Yeah. And so those things are still things that I'm working through and dealing, but what's happening here also though, is they are learning to take these things that happened to them and use them to help other people. So they have these traits and legacy from their father, who is an evil man and had some, a whole lot of power, you know? And instead of saying, no, I'm not going to use my power. They're saying, no, I'm going to use my power in a different way. I'm going to use it to help people, you know? And, I'm curious what's going to happen with uh, Anna's serial killing side uh, side job, but um, or side hustle. That's what it is. <laughs> um, like what they're going to do, what they would have done with that. But they uh, they they move it in a place where they're 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 now going to say, "We've got this. We're going to do this. We're going to take care of things." Um, our dad is not who we are, and our identity is not our father and we're going to take the best parts from him because like it or not you are part your mom part your dad and then part whatever else whatever path you forge um but you do have traits that come from your parents you have traits that come from your situations you have traits that you know it's it's nurture and nature all these different things rolled into one and you got to choose what you're going to do with it and that's what we're seeing here in this in this show is them choosing what they're going to do with it and for Anna, it's doing, I think, she was doing the wrong thing for the right reasons. And now I think we're going to move into doing the right thing for the right reasons. And with Damon, I think it was doing the right thing for the wrong reasons. And and now we're moving toward, um, like I said, both of them kind of doing the right thing for the right reasons. We'll see. No, we won't. We won't see. Never mind. Yeah. But wasn't it interesting that Anna was hunting serial killers and killing them um, where her father was a serial killer and Damon was hunting uh, demons that are possessing people because their mother was possessed. Um, and they were sort of like this, these two were separated by their parents in a way. Um, and they sort of like took on this occupation that their parents had, or were trying to resolve this, the issues that they had with their parents by, um, helping others. Yeah. Yeah. So see, we're talking about these things. These are things that are not subtext, you know, they were there. It's intentional. So you can hear as we're talking about this, like we, I feel like there's craft here. <laughs> like I said, unfortunately it's mixed in with a lot of meh. They had a good foundation. I think Absolutely. they started off in a good place and it's just somewhere along the way they l lost grasp of that somewhere in the middle. But then they came right back to it at the end. Yeah. Absolutely. The ending was satisfying. The family sitting around the dinner table. I didn't cry. This isn't Bill and Ted three. All right. I didn't cry. Um, but it, it did. It gave me some warm feelings. 
I was watching and just thinking, yeah, this is nice. This is good. And obviously, if you're going to continue the story, you're going to you're going to twist the knife, you know, and you can't you can't let your characters have a nice time for too long because that's not super dramatic. But if you're going to end there. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, we have the cliffhanger. You want to talk about that right now? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I totally forgot that. I think we had discussed that they had cast Mitch Pileggi. Yeah. And uh, maybe I we watched did. this and he came on screen and I was like, <gasps> speaking of X-Files. <laughs> <laughs> he looked a little different. He had the, a bald head and a beard. Uh, so um, I, I, it took me a, a moment. He had a bald head in the X-Files. <laughs> well, I guess you're right. But it took me a moment. Yeah. It, it was the beard, I guess. But um, it took me a moment to be like, oh, it's the host of the Masked Magician. Like, did you watch that? No, I didn't. Yeah, he hosted a show on Fox where maybe it wasn't called the Masked Magician, but the character was. It was a magician who did these specials where he would just show you how um, people did their magic tricks. <laughs> and and there were a lot of people who were not happy with him for doing that because he was giving away all of the illusion tricks and oh wait yes i vaguely remember yeah, that now yeah yeah and then the final episode they did he unmasked himself it was kind of a big deal in a very yeah. small deal sort of way <laughs> yeah but mitch Pelleggi was the uh the host of that so uh okay so he shows up and it's really horrifying what's happening you know, and, and so in some ways, if you had had like every episode, just a different thing like that show up that does this very horrifying thing. But you've got X-Files, if that's the case. You know, this was the this was the cold open to an X-Files episode. If you think yes, about it, it pretty much was. Yeah. Uh, Mulder and Scully aren't in it, you know, but um, but obviously it's setting up. I mean, this is their dad and it's setting up that. He's powerful. He's still around and he is going to be a big problem for the world now. And he has their sister, Lily. Yeah, spoiler alert, the demon that was well we're well, we're past the spoiler organ. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. You don't have yeah, to alert it. <laughs> um but yeah, I mean, but yeah, the demon that was possessing their mother was actually their very distant sister or or something. You know, their sister that had been born centuries before. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the one that had actually turned into a demon. So, set up for what's happening next. Uh, it doesn't set up what's happening next for, like, the, you know, Ghost Rider. That's what I was afraid of, honestly, <laughs> was that we were going to get a situation where it's like, oh, no, it's Ghost Rider. We're never going to see him again. But... They didn't do that. So. <laughs> Instead, we get this this cliffhanger. Um. Oh, I also just stumbled upon something else. Yeah. Okay, so that one episode where we did see um, Kathara in person. Mm -hmm. Do you know who that was played by? Mm, I don't remember. Fiona Duroff. Brad Duroff's daughter. Really? Yeah. Huh. By the way, Lily uh, is referencing another mythological character, uh, but yeah. also a Marvel character, Lilith. So yeah. Lilith is a thing in the Marvel universe, and that's 
that's what we're getting there. So, uh, Gabriella, she gives us a little bit of a cliffhanger too, but she is becoming the thing she did not want to be. She is, yeah. uh, lost her innocence, maybe lost her faith. She goes to work for, um, the blood. And these are people who work with the church, work within uh, or on the outskirts maybe of the, of the church to fight things like what's going on in, in this series. Um, but because of that, what we talked about with that, that sex scene where both of them were not themselves when it, when it happened. And, and then she's impregnated with a baby that grows within her womb within a matter of, of a day or two. Um, and even in, in minutes, it goes from this newborn baby size to an, you know, a month or two old baby size. And then um, one month later, you have, have the child um, who actually can talk and, and walk and maybe nine or ten, uh, Lily. Yeah. And uh, all of this has just destroyed her and has caused her to lose faith in everything, including Damon, because Damon was – possessed and and did some mean things because demons do that um and and so now she's kind of turning to the dark side of her own faith turning to the dark side of with with the blood and becoming this thing that she really was surprised existed and, and hated um but she's she's joining them and she kind of when, when they were pouring the whiskey to show that she really had turned I felt like, you know, this is in some ways maybe some form of um, twisted communion, you know, where instead of the wine, it's the whiskey. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they weren't going for that. But it, it did bring to mind the idea of doing doing a communion. So, That's yeah. That's a good point. I, I, I didn't notice that it was sort of like this, you know, you're part of our group to host to your joining us um, sort of ceremony. Um, but, yeah, you're right. It is like a an unusual version of communion. So, yeah, that there's possibly more to talk about, but I mean, as you can see, the show itself is not so bad that there's nothing to talk about except for it's so bad. Like it's, it's not that bad. Uh, I just don't, it just wasn't great. It wasn't, it, I was disappointed in, the downturn where it's kind of got difficult to keep watching. The first couple episodes were sharp. The first episode, especially where they're introducing things super sharp, the ending where they bring it all together, especially when you start seeing these themes coming together um, of things like, Hey, you know, no one, no one's perfect. Um, and we need each other. We need each other. Um, they actually, you know, quote uh, Socrates and talk about the the unexamined life is a life is not a life worth living, um, and then they they quote um, was it Kierkegaard? Rats, I can't remember now. But he says the unhappiest man is one trapped in the past memory or future hope, incapable of living in the presence uh, in the present. Um, but. I mean, one big thing I saw in this also was just there's value in admitting that you're not okay. Yeah. There's value in saying, I'm not okay. I, I need help. And there's so much value in giving help. 
And so in that sense, this show really did kind of <laughs> the 70s horror comic side of things. Yes, it got to me. But this theme idea of of taking care of each other and and doing good and yeah, a- admitting you're not okay and and helping each other and forgiving each other. All these things are like, wow, they're they're hitting me in the right places here. Um, unfortunately, it's just in a, a, I won't say subpar, but a par. We'll, we'll go with par. It was a par for the course television show. Yeah. Um, well, in the going back to that scene with um, Damon, uh, quote unquote, exercising the kid in the first episode, uh, he says something along the lines that um, exposing secrets diminishes power to scary things. So admit, admitting that you're not okay, that's, that's exposing a secret. Um, yeah. and therefore by admitting it, it, it diminishes the power of that, you know, of the weight that you're carrying. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think that this is where we're going to stop. So you have final words, Samantha, anything else from your notes that we've skipped mm-hmm. over? Or? I wasn't uh, really impressed with the romantic side of Damien Gabby that I felt like that yeah. they should have tried to push that a little bit more throughout the series, but and it felt kind of forced at the end. But other than that, I, I did feel that the two actors had good friendship on screen chemistry, just not romantic. I, I just didn't feel that what was going on towards the end was earned. But I would say that is true about most of what's going on here. The beginning sets up something really good. The middle is kind of a slog. And then at the end, we're like, oh, this is the place that they were trying to get to from the using the middle. But the the payoff at the end for me emotionally with the other characters, I think, is better than. Yeah, the yeah, the the, the, the romantic positive chemistry. romantic stuff that happened leading up to the bad stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then Gabriella's. uh final character arc moment uh i felt that was earned that was yeah um i just wish that there were just a few more glances or maybe even a couple more hand touches or something like that throughout the series between dame uh, damon and gabby to make you know what happened later on in the series um make it feel like it was real how much more different would it have felt if they hadn't had that moment where they're like, we're going to be romantic now. And, and it had been a, a moment between two people who had no intention of, of that relationship. They were getting ready to consummate that romantic relationship at that moment when they were then possessed and, and it was demonic that was going on there. Um, I think that would have been felt more earned if they had gotten drunk before. I just think it would have given another twisted spin too, where if it had just been a friendship that turned into this awful, awful thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just, um, no. Um, no, if they had just been possessed and then because they were possessed that they consummated and had the baby, that would have made a little bit more sense, but, uh, I just wasn't buying with, okay, we're suddenly, this is suddenly a thing now. Yeah, but there was a lot yeah. of that, and I think that contributes. Some of it was just, especially with Anna, um, 
being this aloof, angry person who kills people on the side. I just wasn't connecting with her. Um, but there were things like that where it's just, here's the thing and it's happening because we need it to happen. And so here's the romance. It's happening because we need it to happen. Um, there were there were moments like that where toward the end in the, the showdown in the cathedral where mm-hmm. they're like, here comes the three bad guys. Here we have the blood and they're getting ready to fight. Um, and the whole point here is that the blood don't want the bad guys to get her. But then she just says, I'm going to go with them so no one has to fight and get hurt. And they just let her. Mm. And it's just things like that where it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, I know. Why, why did um, that just happen? Oh, you know why it happened? Because they need to have her now for the story to work that they want to tell. Um, and they probably couldn't afford to have a stuntman come in and try to figure out, you know, this whole scene. Or they probably couldn't afford all the special effects that goes with that. So that's possible. Like, okay, let's let's just have her say, okay, I surrender. And when she said that, I was like, what? Yeah. Five minutes ago, you were saying otherwise. Yeah, yeah, um, no, seriously. Uh, yeah. Five minutes ago, she was saying, "No way, not happening." And I'll be bait, but then she's saying, "No, I, I'm I'm leaving with them," and and that was just weird. Um, but okay, so let's throw in a positive here. That scene in the barn with the blood, where he's got them in nooses and he's holding oh. them up in his power. Oh yeah, that scene. Again, there there's some tension there. You know, there's some good stuff. So, yeah, if you haven't watched it yet, and you've heard what we have to say, um, you know, it's 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 not you're not going to hate it. I'm, I'm guessing you're not going to hate it, but you're not going to fall in love with it because I didn't yeah. hate it, but I didn't fall in love with it. That's that's how I'm feeling about it. Um, yeah, about halfway through that scene, I realized where it was going um, because you know of the scene my favorite scene apparently in my, in the entire series for me was that scene with the kid. I mean, he didn't really hurt the kid, but he sure did scare him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he told her, I have a plan, yeah. you know? And, um, and then afterwards she's like, you could have told me what it was, but it wouldn't have worked, you know? Yeah. And he's right. It probably wouldn't have worked if she knew, cause she wouldn't be able to play off as well. Um, what he was planning to do. So, if he had told her the plan, she had to stay away because that would be a very difficult thing to watch and go through. If, even if you knew what was going on, but even better not knowing because <laughs> she doesn't have to act because, because it's just happening. So, all right. I am going to say then maybe we're done with this, with this series. Uh, Stuart has not seen the whole thing. He did just send us a message, though. I asked him, hey, <laughs> are you intrigued enough to watch past the first episode? He says he is intrigued by the first episode. So he will probably not listen to this episode until he has watched the series. But he didn't have the, the same kind of time that we had. Um, granted, my time was spent every moment I could steal away late night. I'm watching, you know, and... um or if I'm working on something where I can, you know, like folding laundry, which is what I'm getting ready to do right now, as soon as we finish watch, uh, talking about this. But, mm. um, well, you're also a dad who does things like taxi his kids around. Um, yeah. You have that stuff. I don't have that occupying me as much, <laughs> so much. I, I um, was just driven for this one, though. I, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't driven enough to get it done in one weekend. 
that would have been impossible. But, you know, I was driven and, and, and a little bit disappointed because it didn't soar to the heights that I thought it could. The difference between this and Swamp Thing is there's a lot of similarities. And they were both canceled before they really had a chance to do anything that they, you know, more. Swamp Thing had a 13 order, a 13 episode order. And they were canceled as they were shooting episode 10. And they were told they could not finish the final three episodes. And oh. so they had to quickly come up with an ending and shoot it for episode 10. I believe it was episode 10. I might, I might, I might be an episode or two off with that. But um, they cut, they got cut way short. And it was it was bad. They they did know that they were going to get an ending. They did try and produce an ending. It was very unsatisfying. And that's the one big problem I have with, with Swamp Thing is if I'm going to watch it again, um, that I just know it's going toward an ending that was not very satisfying. And then not only that, they did do a post-credit cliffhanger, even though it's never, ever going to have any kind of – anyway, they shot the thing. They had some effects for it, so they used it. Um, but it's on CW right now, and they're talking about, um, you know, could we get a, uh, you know, get it? Could we get it to come back? The answer is no. <laughs> but yeah, because you know that works so well for for Firefly. So. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Firefly did get a movie. It's so. true. It's true. Uh, yeah. And so Hellstrom had the same kind of thing where it was it was canceled. Um before they could continue doing what they wanted to do. It's just the difference is they really wrapped up the story arcs for this 10 episode series. I feel like they wrapped it up very well because they were able to at least go through the 10 episodes that they were given. So, yeah. yeah. So it goes into the, into the hopper of things that were started and are now going to be forgotten. Even whether it's MCU or not, um, this is not going to be something that people are going to clamor for, um, like Inhumans. You know, in, Inhumans teased a whole lot of stuff that's never going to happen. And they even had an opportunity or, or a, a venue anyway to make it happen. They had Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that they could have done two Inhuman episodes and brought some of those actors back. Not all of them, but brought some of them back and mm. and actually wrapped up that that plot line. But which is what used to happen in the comics. If a comic book would get canceled, the writer of that comic book often would just, you know, a year or two later when they were working on something else, bring those characters into their, their other series and, and wrap up the storyline. Um, Steve Gerber had a comic book called Omega, the unknown that had, he had a very definite ending he was going for, but it got canceled on a cliffhanger and four years later or something like that, um, the character was brought back in, I can't remember, Avengers or Defenders or something like that, by another writer. He's like, hey, there's this series here. Let's wrap it up. And it used to happen all the time there, but not so much with a million-dollar episode TV kind of thing. So. And a million dollars, that's really cheap for an episode, isn't it? Million, Yeah, for these days, yes. Um <laughs> Yeah, uh, I remember when I was in college in film school um, in town, they were filming a sci-fi series. And I think the pilot was and this is back in 2005. Um, so they filmed it earlier that year. 
Um, I think the pilot was something like two million, and that was in two thousand five dollars. Um, so I'm not sure, and I, I think other series have since gone beyond two million because I remember seeing on the news at the time that two million was the most expensive pilot ever. Oh, um, wow. <laughs> yeah, but since then, I know there have been more expensive shows made per episode. Well, let's wrap this episode up. This episode okay. did not cost us $1 million. did not cost, cost $2 million. Um, I really don't even know how to value how much it would cost <laughs> for what we did. But, um, hey, we do have some people who are still supporting <laughs> us, though. And so. So, yes, our Patreon patrons, Jeffrey, Tassel, Blessed Cheesemaker, and 084, thank you so much. Um, yeah, huge thank you to all of you for doing that we really appreciate it that's helped us with computer costs and different things like that new microphone for Stuart, all that kind of thing so thank you so much and until next time is it mcu Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard us, now we'd love to hear from you. Go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback where you can contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling one seventy seven fifty five level 7 You can also join the lively conversation going on at facebook.com slash welcometolevel7 or connect with us on Twitter where we're level7pod. And remember, the 7 is spelled out. Our theme music is The Light Fantastic by J.S. Earls, and you can find that at transplant.bandcamp.com. Welcome to Level 7 is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast, get productive in your personal and professional life, theorize over TV shows, laugh with our clean comedy, delve into science fiction and philosophy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews, and more at noodle.mx. And once again, thanks for listening. Hey, Ben. Yeah? So, I gotta ask. Yeah? Have you watched Hamilton? Uh, no, not yet. <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> you really gotta watch it. It is, it is fantastic. It's, um, if you've listened to the soundtrack over Amazon Prime, or a- Amazon Music, um, there's so much, so, there's so many more layers in, in the movie, compa- or the stage version, compared to just the music. So. Yeah, haven't watched it yet though, unfortunately. You'd love it. it it's fantastic. But all right, we will have a post credit eventually where <laughs> where we talk about Hamilton. So, all right, thanks, Sam. Have a great night. Talk you to too. Bye bye.